Good evening. You can hear me? Cool. Okay. Thank you, team. That was excellent. We're good to go. A couple of weeks ago, I was helping my daughter, Vaya, with her year eight biology homework. Uh, now, I haven't touched biology since I was in school, which is like 20 years ago, so I had to uh, read through the notes to try and learn what she was supposed to be understanding. And then, as I was reading through that content, I realized that there was a picture there that was an amazing illustration of Christianity. And so tonight, what I want to look at is uh, what Year 8 Biology can teach us about our Christian faith. But just before we get there, I've got a, before we jump into that, I've got a question for you to have a think about. It's this. Do you have people in your life that you are completely open and honest with? And so by completely open and honest, I'm meaning you know each other's struggles. If there's an area of sin or weakness in your life that you're wrestling with, then you guys talk about that. Do you have relationships like that? Because I've found that even when we have good friendships, often it can be hard to lead even our close friends in on the, the inner, inner uh, things that we're wrestling with, our inner struggles. And so say if we're wrestling with an um, area of sin or weakness in our life, then we often do so in secret. And we are horrified at the thought of anybody finding out the truth. And so we struggle alone. But, but the truth is that none of us are perfect. And we all have things that we're wrestling with. And so tonight, part of what I want to explore is thinking about what if our relationships in church were deeper? What if we could have genuine, open conversations instead of hiding behind masks and pretending that everything is fine? How would it feel if you were able to talk honestly about how things were going and in that process found out that, hey, you're not alone, that others are going through that as well and they're there with you to support? So as Christians, we're connected to each other. And so I want to explore our spiritual connections through the lens of a year eight biology lesson. So I'm going to take a minute to take you through this lesson as, uh, that, that Vaya had to learn. And so uh, she was learning about levels of organization in biology. And so it all starts with cells. So cells are the building blocks of life. And there's different types of cells. And in our body, similar types of cells connect together and they form tissues. So, for example, muscle cells all form together to form muscle tissue. And then when different tissues connect together and work together for a purpose, that forms organs, like our stomach. So when different tissues work together to perform a particular function, we get organs, and then we have groups of organs work together to perform a specific job. We call that organ systems, like the digestive system, like our cardiovascular system, our nervous system, and many others. And when we connect all the, all the organ systems together, we get our body. So therein ends the, ends the year eight biology lesson. Um, so, but you can start to see there's some parallels there because one of the really clear pictures that is throughout the Bible is about the body of Christ. 
And so if we think of 1 Corinthians 12, um, there's this picture there about the body of Christ. And so I'm just going to read from there, and it's on the screen. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. And there's lots of verses about the bodies. Here's another one. Colossians 1 verse 18. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. So Christ is the head of the church. So when we talk about the body of Christ, we're talking about the church, which is all Christians everywhere, worldwide. Every Christian who's been, every Christian who will be, we are the body of Christ. So that's one of the pictures that the Bible gives us of our Christians connecting together as the body of Christ. And the other picture that talks about all Christians that's often used in the New Testament is the family of God. So two pictures to convey the same thing. So a couple of verses for us. Ephesians 2 verse 19, you are members of God's family. And in Romans 8, it says, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So as Christians, we are part of a global family. You, me, Christians all around the world. Brothers and sisters in Christ, those terms get thrown around often. But we're part of this global family connected together. So we are the church, the family of God. Uh, a few years ago, I had the privilege of traveling with Pastor Sheridan, and we went and visited a number of our missionaries on the mission field. And um, we went, one of the people we went to see um, were Grant and Vicky in China. And we, we went to a number of the underground churches that um, Grant had been involved in setting up. And one of them was in this area of town that was very uncommon for Westerners to go. And so having Westerners there would have raised suspicions um, of this church. And so we, to go there, we had, our, we had our baseball caps on, clever disguise, and we had, were in the back of the car with our heads down a little bit. Uh, and they, they pulled into the street where this, this um, underground church was, and it was a row of houses on, on either side, but not houses like New Zealand. So the street was like this compacted dirt, street. The houses, the walls were right there. Just It was wide enough for about two cars to one car each way driving down the street. And the walls of the houses were right there on the street and the, the doors opened right onto the street there. And so we pulled up in the car. The car stopped about two meters away from the door of the house. Our car door opened. Their house door opened. We jumped out and in and then we're out of sight. But in the house, and I guess what was the lounge or dining room, if it was like a normal house, but it was, it was just packed with chairs, and there were about 60 or so um, Chinese believers in this house just crammed on in, and we had church, and it was amazing, and they were loud, worshiping God with all of their hearts, and I'm thinking, this is supposed to be underground church, we're supposed to be secret, but they were just passionately worshiping God, and we joined with them, worshiping God, Christ our head, the head of his body. We didn't understand the language. They're speaking Mandarin. We're speaking English. We've never met them before. We're in this other country where we haven't been before. But we were connected. We're the family of God. We're the body of Christ connected together. So wherever you go in the world, 
there are members of God's family there in that, in that nation. Even some of the coldest, hardest nations, there are still members of God's family there. So we belong, when we become a Christian, we join the family of God, and we belong to something much bigger than ourselves. So that's when we look at the picture of the body. And then if, I like to think if we, if we zoom back in, if we go back to the biology lesson and we zoom back to the digestive system, I like to think of that as, imagine like churches connected all over the world, denominations and, and um, missions agencies and Christians connecting and doing things bigger than just a local church can do. If you think of parachute music, if you think of Radio Rima, Life FM, any of that, so it's Christians connecting together. And then we zoom in further than that and we get back to the organs, and I like to think of that as it's like the local church. So even though we're part of God's global family, we also, of course, need to be part of a local family of believers. So we're part of the church worldwide. Christ is the head of the church. We're part of the church. And, of course, we also need to be part of a church like this one. And I don't know if you know other people who say, oh, yeah, look, I'm a Christian, but I just don't go to church. Well, they've missed out a clear part of our faith because Hebrews 10.25 says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but let us encourage one another. One of the key pictures or a classic picture of this is, a, is of a fire, of a fireplace. So I grew up in Tokoroa. Yes, waiting for that. And we had a, we had a double-story house, and uh, this was before heat pumps were really around, and we had a, we had a fireplace that heated the whole house, and a, a flue went from the, the fire was in the, the bottom level, and the flue went up through the, uh, to the top level, and so all the heat radiated throughout the house. And when, with the fire there, it can be raging, and it can be hot and burning, and the embers are bright. But if I grabbed the tongs, and I, I took one of those embers out, and I put it on a tile away from the rest of the fire. You know, very quickly, the color starts to change. That bright, intense red starts to dull. Soon you've got the black edges just forming around that ember. And the red gets duller and duller, turning gray, until there's no more fire in it. And I think that's why God tells us why, we, yes, we are part of the church, we're part of the family of God, but we also need to be part of a church and a local family. So where are you on that? If we think of the fire as a local church, where, where do you sit? Are you connected in? Hopefully you are, you're here, preaching to the converted. You're connected in, surrounded by other people passionate for God, or maybe are you on the edge or do you know people who are on the edge or who have stepped away? Research has shown that there's a, a number of times in life when we're at the greatest risk of um, falling away from God. And a couple of those times are when people have moved location or are in a new stage of life. And so people moving location, and there's that whole thing of you got disconnected from whatever church you were a part of, and now you have to reconnect in again. And so it can be hard. Um, when, I, when I was on staff here at church many years ago, I used to work with the student ministry. Um, and students, university students and polytech students, 
they fit into both of these categories. They've often moved location, moved to Hamilton, and they're in this whole new stage of life. And one of the sad statistics was that 80% of Christians fall away from God in their first year at uni, which is just horrendous. But part of it is this challenge of being connected in. So if you know people who have just moved into town, connect with them. Encourage them to connect in. Be inviting. Be welcoming. Maybe you're here tonight and you've just moved in. Welcome. It is really important to get connected into church. But of course, it's, it's not just about attending a gathering on a Sunday. Because there's a difference between attending and actually belonging. So attending, this is what attending looks like. Attending looks like, oh, I don't really know anyone, so I'm not going to be early because that's kind of awkward. So I'm going to come in once the songs are going. I'm going to grab a seat. And then at the end, I'm like, well, I don't really know anyone, so I'm going to bail as soon as they do start doing that last song. You know, that's attending. Or maybe it's like, I'm going to hang around a little bit and I'll chat with people, but then I'm, then I'm out the door and I don't really make connections outside of, you know, just, the, just coming to a gathering on a Sunday. You know, that's attending. So what does it mean to really belong? Well, if you remember organs, are different groups of tissues that are working together, and tissue is made up of cells that are connected together. And so in that same way, for us to belong requires us as cells, us as individuals, to connect and have real relationships form with others, to have that connection. And here's what I've found about real relationships. They form outside of Sunday gatherings. A number of years ago, uh, Riss and oh, actually, when Riss and I got married, we were in a life group here at church, and it was a life group full of um, other young married couples, which was awesome. So similar cells connecting together, that was us, all in the same stage of life, and it was a great life group. But over the years, just through a number of different events, um, each of the other people in the life group moved away to other churches, and we ended up being the only ones that were here at, at Activate. Um, but we loved the life group, and it was awesome relationships that had been formed over a number of years. And so the life group kept going, even though we're at different churches now. It was really good. But we got to the point where we get to the end of a gathering, and we're kind of looking around going, we don't really know anyone anymore. And so, okay, and then we head out, and the next Sunday, yeah, we don't really have anyone to chat to. And so even though we loved our life group, what we said to them is, hey, guys, we need to connect back into our church because we've lost relationship there. And so we finished with that life group and we started a new one here at church. And then it all took off again. And then after gatherings on Sundays, connecting with people again because real relationships don't happen on Sundays. They don't form on Sundays. It's, it's what happens outside of the gatherings where you actually develop those friendships and that depth. You know, on Sundays we catch up with people briefly hey, how are you going? How was your week? Oh, yeah, I'm busy, you know, the standard conversation. And, um, and we wear masks, yeah, because it's safer that way. So some masks that we wear are things like, oh, I'm loving life. We've got the big smile, even though inside we may be lonely or hurting. Or we wear the mask of marriage is great. You know, everything is going well. I'm pretending it's all fine when maybe there's some real struggles that we're going through. Or 
my faith is strong, I lift my hands in worship, I praise God, but actually I've got some questions inside that I'm really wrestling with. Or, I'm a good little Christian, I'm pure, I'm following all the rules, when actually there's some sin that we're struggling with and we're filled with shame at the thought of somebody else finding out. So we wear these masks to protect ourselves. And it makes sense. But the problem with these masks is it stops us from really having that sense of belonging and of connection that comes from close relationships where people know what's really going on for us and we know what's really going on for them. And that we walk together in life, in this journey called life. So are there people that you have in your life that you let behind your mask? People who know what's really going on. Because I think sharing life's struggles and victories, that's where we create this sense of belonging. And so life groups, we've heard about life groups tonight. Thank you, Sean. Or activate groups. Here we go, I still call it the old name. Um, Getting into a group is key to start to form those relationships outside of a Sunday gathering. But I don't think it stops there because sometimes, well, we heard of one group this morning, 21 people in a life group. Like, wow, that's huge. The masks will still be up in that sense. You know, you can get to know people a whole lot better, but that still not really doesn't feel that safe to bring all those masks down. And so something that I've found really beneficial for um, my walk is that over the last number of years, I've had an accountability group. And an accountability group is just with two other guys. So there's three of, three of us in the group. And we meet once a fortnight and we ask ourselves the real tough questions. And the masks are down and we talk about real life and what's going on. And the way we do it has been that we, we wrote a series of statements of our ideal, of the type of man that we want to be, ideally. And then we judge ourselves on that each fortnight and we discuss where we've fallen short and how we're going. And we, we have questions about, um, about our relationships, marriage, our relationships with our kids. We have questions about um, health uh, and fitness, looking after ourselves, about longevity, vision and goals, um, and about integrity. And I want to share with you this question of integrity, that it's a statement of um, our ideal self, and I have to rate myself against this question every fortnight on a scale of 1 to 10. So here's what it says. I am a man of integrity. I have been completely honest and trustworthy in my words and actions. I am upright in all financial dealings. I have not compromised my integrity in any way. I am not hiding sin in my life. I have kept my eyes and mind pure. I am sensitive to the Holy Spirit's promptings and my conscience is clean. How's that? (laughs) It is intense. So every fortnight, I have to rate myself, with, and so do the other guys, scale of 1 to 10, how have I gone in the last fortnight, and then talk honestly about where we've fallen short. And so there are times when we say, guys, I've messed up in this last fortnight. I've been struggling with lust. I've looked at some stuff I shouldn't have looked at, and we talk about it. Or it might be a completely different area where we've, where we've, we've messed up, but we talk honestly, and the masks are down. And I tell you, it creates an amazing sense of encouragement and belonging when you can talk like that um, back and forth. So it's like in James 5, 16. 
says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Because I think we have this fear that if people really knew what I was like on the inside, then they'd reject me. But the truth is that we're all broken people. On a journey toward, we're forgiven by Christ and we're on a journey towards becoming more like Christ. And real depth of friendship only happens when we actually choose to be vulnerable. When we are willing to reveal those awkward truths that live behind our happy facade, we reveal our shortcomings, our fears, our struggle with sin. We form our deepest connections when we're willing to become vulnerable. And when we share things that make us vulnerable, we actually find that we're not alone. That people don't run away, and we actually have someone to walk through the journey of life with us. And then we can encourage each other. When the masks come down and we can talk, we can encourage each other. Like in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. So my encouragement to you is to look at these levels of connection. And when we zoom in now back to the cell level, the individual, us, how do we apply this? The first one is to make sure you're connecting with people outside of Sunday gatherings. If you don't have connections, then look for those opportunities. We've heard about small groups. There's a booklet down the back. There's a whole bunch of ways to connect with people. And it doesn't even have to be formal. Like, I have a group of guys that we just um, go for a drink after work every now and then. We've, we've met once, we're going to meet again in a few weeks' time, and it's just connecting outside of a Sunday gathering and just um, getting to know each other. If you're in a small group already, please encourage others to connect in as well. It is amazing the difference you can make in someone's journey by including them. If people don't feel included, include them in. If you can think of people who are drifting away, they're like that ember that's been, they've taken themselves out of the, the heat of the fire, out of that encouragement around them. You can't make their decisions for them. You can't force them, but you can encourage them. How can you reach out and just encourage and help them connect back in? And then finally, aim. It can be hard to do, but aim to have one to two people that you can share truly, honestly with, where you have that mutual connection of being vulnerable and having that journey of faith that you walk together. So just like the cells are connected together to form tissue, and tissue connects together to form organs, and organs work together to form organ systems to create the body, so it starts with us needing to be connected to others in a real way. And I think that's where deep belonging comes from. It all starts, of course, with that very first decision to actually be part of the body of Christ. And so perhaps there's someone here tonight who has not yet made that decision to accept Christ and the forgiveness he offers. See, we've, we've talked about this level of connection, but the very first thing is to become part of the family of God. 
to be adopted in as children of Him. And it's very simple. What it comes down to is that we realize there's nothing we can do to earn our way into God's family. The only thing we can do is accept Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for our sins. He came alive again, and we accept the forgiveness that comes from Him. And then we also accept Him as leader of our life. That's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means to join the family of God. So just in case there's someone here tonight who hasn't yet made that decision, I'm just going to ask us to close our eyes. And I'm going to give you an opportunity now to join the family of God. I'm just going to get you to raise your hand shortly. So what you're saying is, I accept the forgiveness from Jesus and I'm going to make him my leader. I'm going to follow him. And I know that by doing that, I become part of the family of God. So if that's you, just raise your hand now and I'd love to pray with you afterwards. Okay, that's cool. We can do eyes up. I'm hoping then that everyone here is already part of the family of God, part of the body of Christ, that we're, that we're linked together. And so my encouragement to you is think about that depth of relationship. We're part of the body of Christ. We're part of the church. We're already part of a church being connected in here. And how can you take those relationships deeper? Thank you. Thank you very much, Josh.